Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture reading for our meditation this morning is from the Gospel lesson according to Matthew in chapter 2, in which we hear that story of the visit of the wise men. And if you're like me, one of the most common images that comes to mind when I hear that story every single year is the typical children's program. The program that so many kids all around the world have been putting on about two weeks ago to tell the story of Christmas, to tell the story of our Savior's birth. You get all these little kids together, oftentimes 10 years old and younger, and they all get to be different parts in the story. You have the young little girl who gets to be Mary. We know that she's Mary because she's usually wearing some type of blue linen outfit, and she stands usually in the center. The boy who gets to be Joseph, well, he's the one who stands right next to her. So that's how we know he's Joseph. Then we have the kids who get to be shepherds. And sometimes they get to hold those staffs, and hopefully they use the staffs only for what they're supposed to be used for during the service. And then the kids who get to be angels wearing white robes, kind of like this one. But, of course, you also always have that one kid who stands there like this the whole time as the angel just letting everybody know. And then there are the three. The three kids who get to be the three wise men. The three kids who get to wear the fanciest, beautiful, most ornate looking outfits in the whole group. Brightly colored, possibly ordained with different colors or jewels or anything of the like. Then oftentimes wearing crowns. Again, having different kinds of jewels and whatever it might be in them to help them look even more kingly. Sometimes even you have these little kids who get to, not even 10 years old, get to put on fake beards to help them with their kingly appearance. It tends to be the picture we have when we hear of the wise men. And yet when we study scripture, truly dig into what scripture has to say, there's a lot of debate about who these wise men truly were. How many were there? Where were they truly from? What did they really wear? What did they really do? And yet... That's not the focus of our scripture reading today. We are not here to think about and reflect and meditate on the Magi. We are here to focus and meditate on God and with the fact that God reveals himself to his people. And yet, considering these wise men, whatever version you may consider them to be, however kingly or wise or important they were supposed to be, those men did not know where to find Jesus. They didn't know where to go. They went to the wrong city to find him. On their own, they had no way of knowing where and how to find Jesus. Yet, if we're going to be this harsh on the wise men, we must also think about some of the other characters in the account of our Savior's birth. Think about those shepherds. The shepherds who were out there in the fields by night tending their flock taking care of the sheep, making sure that they were fed by finding them good pasture, making sure they had water, leading them to where they could drink, and of course, protecting them from predators. Those shepherds out there in the field taking care of their sheep with their humble but very needed vocation, they had no clue that the Savior was born. They had no clue that Jesus was finally born. Sure, they had heard of him. Sure, they knew the promised Messiah was coming, but they didn't know. They had no way of knowing that Jesus was finally born. And then there's Joseph. Joseph, who wasn't a wise man, not one of the shepherds, 
And yet he too belongs in that group, that category of people who didn't know what was going on, who didn't know how all this could be. Scripture tells us that Joseph was a just man, and a man who was betrothed to Mary. So not officially 100% married yet, and yet by the cultural standards at that time, they were basically married. And yet somehow, his wife-to-be, whom he had not known yet in that way, was pregnant. Likely he had many questions. He likely would have been rather confused, possibly not rightly so, but possibly even angry, having no clue what was going on. Yes, Joseph too belonged in this category. Because he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know how all this could be. He didn't know what God was doing. So what's the solution to all of this confusion? All of this blindness to what's going on? All of this lack of true wisdom? One word. Behold. Behold. Meaning to look See, cast your eyes on, maybe even to look and cast your ears and your hearts on it as well. But don't just behold anything. Don't just behold anyone and what they have to say. Behold what God has to say. Behold, for God is speaking. And so to the wise men who didn't know where to find Jesus, they hear, we hear these words. Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, and they've come to worship him. Behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And then we hear of those shepherds, the shepherds who didn't know when Jesus was born, didn't know that he was finally here. An angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And to Joseph, that just, simple man, and yet the man who didn't know what God was doing. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Behold, behold, Magi, behold, shepherds, behold, Joseph, behold the people of God. God will make himself known to them. In his way, in his own time, he will make himself known. They may not have understood it. They may not have expected what was to come. They may not have understood anything that there was. The important thing is, God did reveal himself. He revealed himself to his people. But this isn't just some old biblical thing. Some old thing that used to happen to the people of old in stars and dreams and other different appearances. God also reveals himself to you today. Every single day, God reveals himself to you. Whether you consider yourself to be one of the more wealthy or good social standing or more powerful people of this world. Whether you consider yourself to be of humble vocation, not truly knowing what's going on with the rest of the world around you. 
or even if you consider yourself to be one of the simple, just people of God, God says to you, behold, behold, I have given you my word. His word which reveals to you who he is, what he's done for you. This is where God reveals himself to you every single day. And in this word, we get to turn to his word where he reveals himself. And he reveals that he is with you every single day. Just like he said to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. God says, I am with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will be with you forever, wherever you go. But not just that. God is not only with you, but God has a plan for your salvation. A plan for your salvation in which he sent his Savior to accomplish that salvation. So again, we turn to his word where he reveals his plan for salvation for you. In his word, it says, we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. God sent a Savior whose birth we've been celebrating, whose epiphanies we celebrate today, and a Savior. Think about what that word means, meaning someone who saves, who sets free, who saves you from sin, death, and the devil. Saves you not just from the physical, but from the spiritual. From this world and the world to come, God has given you a Savior. A Savior of all people, and all they have to do is believe. The best part of that is it's not just a Savior for all people, but as I've said, it's a Savior specifically and personally for you. So once again, we turn to God's Word where He reveals Himself to us every single day, and we hear His Word say, The Gentiles are fellow heirs members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The Gentiles, meaning you and I who are Gentiles, we, you are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. He is your Savior. This is your promise given specifically and personally to you. Behold, God reveals to you he has done for you, that he is with you, he has a plan for your salvation, and he's given you a savior. It may not be a star up in the sky, it may not be an angel appearing directly to you, it may not be a dream given to you by night, but God gives you his word, his word which reveals himself to you every single day. His word reveals to you your savior. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.